The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at HeftyRenew.com. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at HeftyRenew.com. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at HeftyRenew.com. Cheers. Here's Siddle. He's got Welcome back to another episode of Two Slips in a Gully. I'm Aaron. I'm Scott. I'm Glenn. And uh, I think we're up to number 16 now. We're doing pretty well. 16, yeah, 16 awesome. episodes. You just went straight in with that intro. What are you? <laughs> we haven't actually announced our names on this epi- on this for like four episodes, I think. Look, you know, People forgot who we are. It's probably the, <laughs> it's probably the most changeable thing about this podcast. I'm going to keep it current. <laughs> yeah, next week I'm going to be Scott. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to take you years and possibly an apprenticeship to become Scott yeah. <laughs> there's like four of you on our cricket team you are the most replaceable part of this podcast Scott oh, two in second grade <laughs> um, so this week we're going to have another deep dive into the latest round of Sheffield Shield results um, have a look at the implications that may have on the national side um, just when you thought it was settling down a bit yeah there's just there's some some moves and shakers in that one and some people that were really needed some results to go their way didn't quite step up and some people that were short of some runs scored some so it's um, still hyper competitive for all those spots and um, we went on a road trip yay we went down to watch Australia play Pakistan yeah, at the SCG it was so, a really good 20 we watched yeah it wasn't well, even 20 was it it was 18 overs <laughs> thanks to the rain about- so we'll um, we'll have a look at the Australian recent Australian T20 success because we've looks like we're slowly starting to figure out how to play that. Um, have a look at um, you know some share some insights on the game that we want to go and watch, and then maybe just have a bit of a chat about that. Yeah, sounds good. Should be good. I, Should be good. I'm just gonna have to live through you guys. I didn't go, but you know, I went last time. You were yeah, there. Last time we went down. I'm sure you watched it on TV for the 15 overs that were on. Yeah. No, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> All that time you spent waving, I'm, and you didn't even watch it. I'm not a T20 person, you know. I just, I, I just, 
like I said on our on our Facebook page, I just international T Twenty is is not really relevant. I just yeah, well, especially the one off series. We're you know. making it relevant now because we're hosting a World Cup next year. Oh really? That's why we care about it. It's like no, the no, soccer; no, we only care yeah. about it every four years as I'm, well. I'm going to get one of those big. Ma- I'm going to disappear into the merchandising thing. Get one of those massive gloves and just come out and you know, woo, twenty twenty, twenty twenty, yeah. Get on, get on that wagon. Get on the wagon. We'll make a 2020 like the, fan of you. Like the Socceroos when they make a Soccer World Cup. <laughs> <laughs> and all that is coming up. Got it! Patrick Sullivan! Beautifully bowled! Alright, so we'll get and have a look at the most recent Shield round. As, uh, like we said, it's got all sorts of uh, implications for the... Um, for the national side. So the first game that was finished up was the um, Victoria-Tasmanian Victoria, game, which had a couple of, uh, actually probably the most people whose spots were up for grabs for the Australian team. So you had uh, Marcus Harris, Bukowski, Maddinson, all batting for Victoria. And then you had uh, Matthew Wade, who, you know, while his spot's pretty secure, would like to be coming in with the bitter runs under Don't his belt. Start that what about again. Peter Hanscom? Don't start it again. <laughs> poor, poor old Peter Hanscom's oh, well, really I, talked his way out of the conversation. His technique is ridiculous. <laughs> he's, he just he stands like that just to annoy me. He did I'm average. Sure. He does average over a hundred against Pakistan in Australia. How is that possible? <laughs> because he played the first time he played for Australia, he played against Pakistan and. Scored two hundreds, I think. All right. Um, done really well against that, and then yeah, these techniques been obviously found out. Anyways, back to the game. So um, Tasmania ended up running away winners in this one, I believe, by four wickets. Um, Tasmania six had wickets. a good team. Um, it's well balanced. Yeah, I think so too. There's plenty of bowling in that. Um, speaking of the bowling, something that we were talking about a couple of podcasts ago about Riley Meredith. He um, chipped in. With um, quite a few wickets in this game, I think he ended up with he ended up with five for the game. But concerningly, he went at seven and over for his first dig and four and over for his in the second inning. So that's something that he's going to have to start to tighten, to tighten that up, a up bit. to get any sort of test credentials going forward. Well, well, going he, on the guy we're going to pick, he's pretty much half at any time when they should have been going from. Quick runs? Well, or? I don't think... Well, the first innings... First the first innings, um, oh, so Victoria... Was, yeah. He went seven overs, two for 53. Victoria scored 127 in the whole innings. Right. So, um, Nick Maddison actually played himself to a bit of prominence in this one. He got 69 off 68 deliveries. So, I'd say that Maddison faced the lion's share of... So, while the Riley team Meredith, was crumbling around him, he just farming his strike. He just teed off. Yeah, well... Only yeah. two other people hit double figures. Marcus Harris with 13, Peter Hanscom with 11. So they did a number on him in that one. Thank God. And then moving forward into the Tasmanian innings, they ended up uh, all out for 226 in reply. Um, Matthew Wade, top score was 69. Are we going to mention uh, ridiculous techniques at this point as well, Glenn? With uh, the uh, beloved... Man down oh, south and no, George no, Bailey. Look, he can do whatever he wants. <laughs> he got 41. His ridiculous technique he's, works. You know, he's he's my age. You, like, you're not going to... Are we going to call change Are we going to call it the... Um, are we going to call this one the daylight savings technique? Because he's actually <laughs> exactly. turning, it, turning it further towards... Further, <laughs> yeah, call further it towards 12 o'clock. The, the sun the way around. Yeah, he's the sun dial. He's just getting further and further. <laughs> he, might be go, he might be going to Samoan time soon and just jumping three hours ahead. <laughs> 
it's crazy. Brilliant. It is crazy. Just it boggles the mind. Like, and he has, he's only done this recently. Like, he's had a fairly straightforward batting technique for almost his entire career, and then just sort of after he's become, you know, he rose to prominence in the Australian ODI side, and then got dropped from the Australian ODI side, he's then tinkered with it to just become. Borderline ludicrous. <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous. Pretty soon he's just going to be like the karate kid, like get the crane up and just like one leg and he's got like the bat in one of his hands and it's just like balancing it and the bowler just goes yorker and he just goes... <laughs> he just stops it. Because yeah. this is the kind of bloke he is. I don't know. I don't well, know. He'll look, find a way to... It, like, there was, I was always... I used to be of the opinion that these guys kind of, you know, there's some point these players have to give way for the next generation but I just think George Bailey just seems to be kind of a timeless bloke and there's a few guys in that vein where they're, you know, they're pushing in the mid-30s and they've still obviously got a lot to give to the teams and George Bailey's always been a really um, solid leader for that for, for every every team that he's been into for Australia basically but de- mm. especially for Tasmania and it's just and not just a leader he's he's not just there because he's the token leader he's not being picked as the you know the, the knowledgeable wise elder he's Contributing quite a lot to that team, like he's a solid contributor to that middle order. So, but I mean, and that's the thing is, I guess if, if there's if there's another fellow who's got a bit more potential, I'd, I'd be quite happy to let them take his place because it's bringing in the new era. Like George Bailey's done his time, and he's not going to jump forward into the next team. But he's obviously got a mentor role well, there. He's obviously got a leadership role. He's still he's there's still a reason for him to hang around that team, and there's yeah, still the, reason for him. To the young kids are trying to kick the door down, and and George is holding the door. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, it's still hurt <laughs> Will Bukowski is probably the big talking point out of this game as he contributed 3 and 7 so 10 for the match so that's certainly put a damper on his um, test aspirations right. you, you, you thought it was settled but there's um, a few more twists to go on this tale I think yep so Matty Wade ended up steering the team to victory in the fourth innings, getting um, 50 not out. I think he hit a six to win the game as well over deep backwards square. It was quite an interesting well, I mean, the selectors shot. have to stick sit up. But I mean, that's that's style points. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Winning in the clutch. Coming, the, coming from Glenn Allhand. That's, that's the biggest eye roll. Um, so the next game was South South Australia and New South Wales, where New South Wales ended up winning by 96 runs. And this is why um, Bukowski's position is um, suddenly become a lot more precarious, as Travis Head has finally got a start and then cashed in, scoring 109 is part of the first innings for South Australia, which will um, you know certainly make the selectors stand up and notice. That makes it really hard now. Mm. Like they're actually having like a before this match, it's pretty much Pukowski's in. Well, like, like I was saying, like, I was talking to, to you about it before. I was like on the weekend when it was happening, kind of thing. Like it was middle of the game. Just for me personally, it's like you've got a you've got a tick sheet of what these guys need to accomplish to stay as Test players. Like he's already established himself that he can score runs at Test level. The one question was scoring hundreds, and obviously he's not got a lot of time to do that. And you'd like to see him do it every time he goes out to bat. But he's only had two opportunities in the last little while to do it, and he's done it. He's done it once. Like he's just got, like like I say, if he, if he gets another hundred for me, I'd I'd, I'd I'd pick him straight away. It's just like that's the one big question mark over him, and he's you know he's doing it. I have a feeling it's going to come down to that um, Australia A warm up game 
Um, it'll well, that's have, their last chance. It'll, it'll come down to... There's yeah. only one game. I, I would say at the moment that it'll come down to... I think it's level peggings. Obviously, Pukowski's been touted for quite a long time. They brought him into the test squad last year. Um, they really want to see this guy succeed. And he's got the stats behind him to back it up. He's he's got a really strong start to his career. So his I think there's a lot of... average is above 50, is that yeah, right? Yeah. Something around there, about but 55. It's, only a, small it's a small sample size, but... Yeah. Um, his numbers are on the same sort of levels as Ricky Ponting's at the first similar stage of their careers and Ponting as we know set you know shield cricket on fire when he first came in so there's a lot to be excited about Bukowski. He's, he's he looks good and when he gets in he does score runs so I have a feeling that um, that potential that he's showing is probably elevating him a little higher than some of his recent stats will suggest he did score that hundred but it was on the junction road or junction oval <laughs> highway that they they played out. He's got another fifty since then, I believe, and then a couple of starts. Um so all things considered you look at that and go, well, Head and Bukowski have probably got um similar it has similar results coming out of the Shield season so far. One hundred, one fifty each. Some low scores. And they're both young guys. Um, you know, yeah, there's a matter of... What, what heads? 25, 26? 24, yeah. I think. No, right. I think he's a bit north of that now. But um, Pekoski must be younger than Pekoski's that. Pekoski's 18. He's 19, 20 now. Yeah, so. 20. So there's, there's not a lot of age difference between them. And it's, yeah, like, I, like, I like the idea of picking a young guy. So I like that they're both in, in prominence. But there's also, also that smoky of um, what we're talking about on the weekend of old Nick Maddinson. Who's, yeah, I think Nick Maddinson will have done a lot to... Especially... Scoring 70 worth of 120. Um, he's been there before. Uh, there, he'll show some flexibility. He's He opened the batting for the first couple of games for Victoria, and he then batted in the middle order for this one. So I, th- I think that'll hold him in good stead that he's you know, scored some runs at the top of the order for Victoria. He scored runs at the top of the order for Victoria last year. Came down in the middle order, and he's still scoring runs. I think that'll play really well and you, into you the like- selectors thing that he's just... he's doesn't need to be in a specialist position. Put him somewhere and he'll score runs. Well, so. that's, that's the thing as well. Is you got to the, the, these runs are runs, and it's always going to be a thing as far as you know cricket goes. And that's for, just for the the average punter on the street. But you got to hope that these selectors and the guys are actually rocking up trying to try and put this team together. Actually, put into account the weight of these runs as well because that's an important innings. Even like, like I say, even though to the, to the same extent, Travis Head scoring a hundred odd of two hundred and fifty runs is pretty important contribution to his team as well I guess you know like these, these you've well, you you got, you got to compare these kind of innings you can't you can't just sit there and look at them in a vacuum we have a look at the the New South Wales South Australia game um, no innings made it to 300 the highest innings was New South Wales first innings to 289 yeah. so um, uh, Travis Head scored 109 of 245 so he it's on a deck that's doing a bit um, it's a quality attack that New South Wales brought to um, to this side. Um, Harry Conway. Harry Conway. Hazelwood played. Copeland played. Uh, Nathan Lyon played. It was a, dead, um, like, it was a contest yeah, between right. bat and ball. And that's yeah. it. He's, he's playing against yeah. a test quality attack there as and, well. And yeah, you know, all of those... Well, two, three of those, three of the four have played test cricket for Australia. Uh, and Harry Conway is, took a 10 for it in his last time. Yeah, out. he's in red hot form. Yeah. So, done a really good job. So, yeah, you've got to hope that that... Looks at yeah, it looks at it as well. You know, he's he scored some big runs, arguably on a deck that he could be excused for not scoring very many runs. So, well, like well I say, the same thing's got to be said about Nick Madison as well because he's yep. doing exactly the same thing. Nick, like, Nick Madison came out. Guys falling all around him. He didn't score a hundred, but he scored 
We've got half the team's run. I think he, I'm pretty sure he was the last player out. So he'd be said that he was just well. I'm not going to hang around too long with. Um, yeah. You know, nine, ten, eleven. So I'm just going after. It's the same kind of thing as that. Where was the game played? Was that down at um, Bloodstone? Bloodstone, whatever it's called. Um, it was Hobart. It was at Hobart, so it would be at Belroot if it's uh, Yeah, Bloodstone Arena is where it was played. So yeah, so um I think I called it Bloodstone. <laughs> that would be better. Well scoring runs was like getting blood from a stone by the look of it. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Madison was the ninth wicket to fall, so he at that point was teeing off and just going after it. Um, some other notable things coming out of that New South Wales Australia um, South Australia game on debut batting at three Daniel Solway scored 133 not out in the first innings um, great to see that which had everyone googling who on earth is Daniel <laughs> Solway who's this guy um, and Chad Sayers the guy that for the last few years has been screaming to get into the side has had a bit of a fallen out of the selectors eyes um, having to deal with some injuries he got 8 for 64 in the first innings and then backed it up with a 5 for in the second innings so it's not a very timely run though is it for Chad Says because Chad Says isn't really the kind of guy you want to be picking in Australia in Australian conditions I don't think because he's he's more of a kind of medium pace guy who kind of does a bit with the ball it's not the guy you want going into the Gabba straight away, I don't necessarily think. I don't know. I think the same reasons that we want to have Michael Nisa in the um, in the first test be, could be argued for, for Chad Sayers. He gets lateral movement with the ball, doesn't mind when the ball's swinging, and if the ball's going to swing anywhere, it's going to swing at Brisbane. So yeah. I think I think you're right. He's, he's left his run too late. He's not in really yeah. any danger of forcing his way to be picked. But um, you see that he's has you know he's still in the background there that if you you could have seen him do more of a role in potentially the ashes over there like if he yeah, had not been hit a bit he of might have been but he was, he was injured which is why yeah. I wasn't uh, oh yeah but you, you know what I mean it's, it's just... good to see depth in our bowling stocks we have yeah, a lot of it. depth right now that's right we don't, we don't just need the guys you don't need the young fast guys we need we need the guys who are putting we it on the spot we just need to find well. some guys who can yeah, like as we know <laughs> Philander Anderson Muhammad Abbas who's going to come over here and be looking to um, be the the focal point of that Pakistan bowling attack they're all guys that aren't exactly expressed do a lot of sideways stuff with the ball and have made pretty we'll see pretty, how they go over pretty here, strong though. careers with it so yeah obviously it's going to be interesting to see how they get you know moving the kookaburra in Australia but that's like there's there's plenty of room in test cricket for guys that you know aren't expressed but can move the ball a bit around as well so um, it's good to see that Chad Saves is back he's healthy he's making sure his, his name's not forgotten and you know he stays healthy. He might be one of those. He might be coming in doing that Peter Siddle role for the next time we go over to England. Put him in the stable. Put him in that stable. Um, Josh Hazelwood took six for in the uh, second innings. He basically bowled New South Wales victory. Him. Like he's <laughs> yeah, Josh. You reckon Josh Hazelwood's probably? He had a pretty good Ashes series. You, you yeah, reckon he might have done enough well, to keep his spot? Would you say? That's would you say? England, would though. you say Josh Hazelwood is, is Chad Sayers esque? <laughs> <laughs> oh, gotta love him. The boy from Bendemeer. <laughs> Um, and then we'll get to the last game. So this one um, ended up being a draw. Um, uh, a player that I've been sort of keeping half an eye on for the last couple of years, Cameron Green, had a fantastic game and saved the game for WA. Um, in their first innings, he scored a fighting 87 not out, batting at eight to get them to somewhere respectable, ten uh, all out for 300. Um, and then in the second innings... Um, Queensland trying to bowl to a victory. They blew through the top order. Bancroft out for 11. Whiteman out for 9. Marsh out for 8. Stoinis got a duck. Cartwright got 17. 
Um, Kelly, who was uh, the night watchman, ended up with 46. Um, Philippe and Inglis, so the last of the recognised batsmen, got a duck and a two. So they were. So that, that's Warney's pick for the next. Uh, they were for the next keeper. They were not even keeping. Right they were seven for fifty three at one point, trying to save the game, and then out comes this twenty year old batting at well batting at nine. This was now because they sent the night watchman in, ends up scoring one hundred and twenty one not out and saves the game for WA. It Phenomenal. wasn't even like a stay as innings, really looking at it. It was just, you know... Yeah, it was... Strike he was looking rate, to score runs. Strike rate of 70, so he put the pressure... Was there any the chance team. that they could win the game? Or? Uh, no, they no. Just, Queensland still needed to... Um, like, needed to bat again, I think. So yeah, I they guess were about, they were about 150 just, runs ahead, Western Australia, so... They he was just playing shots to stay positive yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, just yeah. his game, I'm guessing. Yeah. You, know, you, can't, you can't kind of go into your shell too much if you... As, Natural as Ian Chapman always says, you can't just play for a draw. You've got to play your shot. Uh, that happens every time someone starts playing for a draw. Absolutely. <laughs> just, you can just hear it. Like he, he yeah. sits bold upright and yeah, goes, yeah. someone's batting somewhere for a draw. S- Bang! Some can do it. Some can do so, it. Someone's some batting for a draw. playing the shots. Yeah. Well, actually, well, getting slightly off topic, A.B. De Villiers is probably one of the best that I've seen at doing that. As we all know, he's a guy that could score 130-odd balls in an ODI. But we all remember that innings at Adelaide where he scored 33 off 256 balls you, to you could save the game. You could put about... You could put it, like, it was good watching. You could put together <laughs> an 11 of South African players who could just occupy the crease. Even down to, like, Philander and Dale Stain doing a few a few little innings. Yeah, where just don't we know days. about that. Oh, yeah, that Boxing Day test. <laughs> he scored, like, 70-odd. <laughs> there was that one where like he skied one and Hussey just couldn't see it oh, and he's just like looking up at that and he just like, got nowhere near it and then you know yeah. 60 runs later we're just like that that hurt that drop don't you love me just miming while we're on a pod- podcast <laughs> <laughs> it really translates doesn't yeah, it yeah I mean look we need that podcast <laughs> so this young all rounder just before we move on mate what do you reckon stopping him from getting picked in the Australian team uh, well, the fact that he's not good enough. Yeah. Would, you, would you say he's too uh, <laughs> too green? <laughs> ah, uh, I see what you did there. Had, uh, to, had to work it in there. <laughs> uh, though, um, on Cameron Green, um, Ryan Harris came out um, singing his praises after this game. So Ryan Harris has seen a lot of him as he's one of the, uh, the coaches for... The bowling coaches for Cricket Australia. Um, done a lot of work with uh, the, the junior players coming through. And said that this is a guy. This could be the answer to the us hunting down our, our own Andrew Flintoff. There's plenty of like with him at the bat. Um, and Adam Voges, who's the coach of Western Australia, envisions um, Cameron Green batting in the top six. Um, eventually, doesn't want to push him too far, too fast. So that's why he's still batting behind the wicketkeeper. Um, he's played nine or ten games, and he's averaging 21 with the ball. So there's, you know, bowls at one high 130s, low 140s. There's a lot to like about him. And it's good to see that there's someone with a half brain involved going, well, let's not just give him a bag of green and throw him to the wolves first up and actually let him figure out how he wants to play his cricket before we... So at what point in the process do we start talking about um, about comparing him to um, Ben Stokes and guys like that? That's got to be coming out pretty soon, doesn't it? Well, we've, Ryan Harris is already talking about him being like um, Freddie Flintoff. I'd say those comparisons are probably give, due now. But Give it one of the tea breaks in I'd, the summer I'd, of cricket. Is I'd like to see him get, you know, get a couple of seasons, get him less green 
to yeah. further on your joke well, um, <laughs> and sort of get him two or three seasons playing for WA and really figure out his game and as we know like he's a he's a fa- young fast bowler and we've got a horrible history with exposing young fast bowlers to international cricket too soon yeah. he's already apparently not going to be bowling in um, the next game as he came out of that marathon batting innings with um, back soreness so he's now going to be managed and so, yeah, he's got, he's got a bit of growing up to do, growing Shades into his body. Pattinson yep. comes um, there. So, in absolutely no rush, I would, I'd honestly be disappointed to see him. I'm disappointed if I saw him in Australia in Australian Test colours um, in the next There's two no years, two no three no years. We don't need to pick him at, at 23. Anything yeah. earlier than 23, I think, is just a disservice. So. I wouldn't mind seeing him if he comes in and you know starts having a good. Marsh Cup or has a good big bash, he might end up getting half a run possibly in the um, in the T Twenty side. But well, again, I can't see that happening with a World Cup coming up. We're not going to go and he's not going to take part in the World Cup. The only players I want to see playing for the Australian T Twenty side, which we'll we'll talk about in more depth a little bit later on, are players that we're actually going to feasibly use for the World Cup, and that's not going to be Cameron Green. So I can't see Cameron Green getting near Australian colours for at least the next eighteen months. But that's a good thing, and that is a good thing. So you want to wait till he becomes Cameron Medium Brown? Moving on. Let's throw him in the stable. Throw him in the stable. Yeah, he's there. One, is, one to keep an eye out for. So any of you guys you know, who don't follow domestic cricket too, um, too closely, I really encourage you to get involved. There's plenty of young talent coming through. Cameron Green is certainly one to... To, to have a look at um, another young player to have a look at also made his debut in this particular game at the expense of um, Matthew Renshaw was Bryce Street um, 115 on debut opening the batting mm. really got um, looks like that street was open <laughs> no you didn't laugh at mine I'm not laughing <laughs> come on Glenn, you love some wordplay <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Joe Burns also got a classy looking 76 really would have liked it for his sake if he um, pushed on and got 100 in that game but uh, we'll take all the runs we can get I, I still think hands down that Joe Burns is the right choice to open the batting for Australia Yes. but I think that Marcus Harris has made a more comprehensive argument to be picked which I think is really disappointing because I don't think Marcus Harris let's, is the answer let's not throw logic into this and numbers and stuff into this debate I think I think Joe Burns gets the stamp of approval from just, this he podcast he just passes the eye test he's just it's an uncomplicated technique he's done it before he's got four test hundreds like we know that he can achieve at test level it's just it should be easy and and that's just what's really irritating about the, the Sheffield Shield season thus far and I know we've spoken about it is that everyone that looks like they're they're putting their hands up to pick me the next time you see them they're putting those hands back down and somebody else is putting their hands up and it's for the same position so every time that Joe Burns makes a failure Marcus Harris does something good every time Marcus Harris stuffs up you know Joe Burns stuffs up and it's just but I think I think you should look at someone's performance over time that you know like they they sent her like say oh he scored his runs at the wrong time I'm like well why is there a right and wrong time if you achieve over a long period of time let's say three years you're up there in the averages and you just don't 
you know, you, you're not maybe hitting your straps. Like, they should pick you as a long-term prospect. So we've always touched on this, and this, this is my big issue with that, is the fact that you, it, the, the only thing that you can paint over with that, with you just looking at numbers alone and just saying, this guy's had a sustained run where he scored a lot of runs, you know, at an average of whatever, is you've got to take into account, like, these guys, are, you know, they've played against test players this week. And they've scored runs, and you can see that you can see in the scores, like like you said, as there wasn't a score above three hundred, and that's because they're playing against quality bowlers in this in this go round. It, in a lot of cases, there's, there's a few young guns in there that actually contributed as well. But you know, there's Josh Hazelwood running around in, in South Australia didn't score above three hundred runs. They scored two fifty was the highest score in that game. So uh, it's just you know the, these runs have got to count more for me personally. You got to have these selectors actually looking into that kind of detail. They're going there and they're looking at the techniques, looking at guys who you know. Like for Joe Burns and for me, Joe Burns and Marcus Harris are obviously stand on different sides of the bat, but they have very similar techniques in the sense that they can drive outside the off quite fluidly. They've got leg side games that are quite strong as well. They cut and pull very well. But for me personally, Joe Burns has shown an aptitude to actually leave outside off stuff, and that's my big difference between those two guys. Is that Marcus Harris will just feel for the ball outside off, whereas Joe Burns can he's, he knows where his off stump is, which is what you want as a Test player. And these, these, this is like you've got you, these guys have got to figure that out from these players. It's not, it's not just oh the numbers say that Sean Marsh has scored a two hundred in this Shield season, so we need to pick him kind of thing. Joe Burns also plays more classical cricket shots. Like yeah, they're both competent on the back foot, but Marcus Harris, as we know, he's got that weird square drive cut where he ends up getting down on one knee to play it, and he always yeah. looks like he's, he's playing. Not, it's a he's playing shot. low to up as opposed, and so if he does get it wrong, it's going in the air all the time. And that's whereas the Joe difference, Burns. Joe Burns is, yeah, like Joe he's Burns competent is, outside. Joe Burns is coming from a, from a grounding of long but, form cricket, and Marcus Harris is coming from a grounding of short, short form, form cricket. cricket. Is, is, I think that's the difference, and you've got to, that's got to be taken into account when you're picking a test team. Yeah, absolutely, and that's, and that's not, my big argument. Like, not, every, argument. not every player is Davey Warner. Like yeah. you, you've got to find test players. Also, it's, I mean, like it's the two you pair with Dave Warner. You want. You want a guy with a tight technique. You've got to have Langer. You've got to have Langer, and you've got to have Langer. As he is, he doesn't really have the tight technique. He's, and he's, he's, he's going to go out and hit his hit technique around. is deteriorating as he's getting older. You can, I think that's, I think that's one I, thing I that we sort what of he needs is more twenty twenty. You've got to have you've got to have Warner, and you've got to have Rogers. Like you know, these you need to have Yin and Yang. Yeah. Otherwise, you're going to end up having games where you're none for two hundred, or yeah. you can have games where you're five for nothing, kind of thing. Taoism in our selection. I think that's, Absolutely. that's a thing we need to look into. Right. It, was good, it was good enough for uh, good enough for some of these American style coaches, you know, throwing a bit of Zen mastery into it. Why not? Let's let's get it into the Australian selection yeah, ranks. You know, yeah. I mean, we're, our, our application is still out there. I'm pretty sure we put that down. I haven't heard yet from our application, but I'm assuming it's a very long process. I think they've just picked us because look, yeah, they haven't announced anyone else, so it must be us. (laughs) The Australia A team was our team, like that's that's who we picked, barring a couple of, you know, we talked about them, so they must have just thought we wanted them picked, like you know, wasn't a quadrant. But other than that, like that's largely the team that we picked. Yeah. So when we get paid for that. Is, is it is it like a pay by the selection thing or how, how does well, it work? Well, it's it's kind of like I'll, I'll send an email through and see if we can. Um, we'll send, send an invoice. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like a well, maybe we should maybe we should wait to see how the, the, the team goes. The team gets absolutely rolled in um, the the warm up game. Maybe we don't want to put our hands on that team. No, it doesn't mean anything, mate. You can only pick them. You can't get them to work. <laughs> you can lead a horse to water, mate. Can't make them drink. I'm pretty sure the check's coming in with our check of being um, actors, <laughs> like. Have you, have you heard that conspiracy theory that Australia doesn't exist? 
and, and everyone... Oh, um, that is way too deep for yeah. the podcast. <laughs> well, everyone, everyone, like the conspiracy says that everyone who tells you they're Australian is an actor. Well, strike me pink, He's a paid actor. And I'm like, oh, sweet. So that check's coming through, right? <laughs> one day. One of these days. And then retirement. <laughs> to Australia. To Australia, which actually exists. <laughs> yes. Wow. So where are we I going from there? He's painted us into a corner. Well, yeah, so for those of you that are interested in conspiracy theories, getting a little off look topic, up, it's a good one to look up. The Australia doesn't actually exist conspiracy theory yeah, and um, have a great. look into some of that. Um, I can I can certainly vouch that we do exist. Um, and if we're paid actors, we're really poorly paid actors. Yeah, and I certainly wouldn't be working at the job I was working at now if I was getting paid to just be me. Some of the Australian team's performances over the last couple of years, I don't know, I don't know how they're scripting that stuff. Maybe there's something to it. Maybe we don't exist. (laughs) (laughs) You you couldn't, you couldn't write that stuff, though. You just couldn't write it. Uh, so just just lastly, before we uh, move on to our uh, road trip down to the T20, so um, where do you think uh, the movers and shakers for this Shield round? So. So well, let's go to the openers. So um, Joe Burns batted once, made seventy six. Marcus Harris batted twice, uh, got eleven and sixty three. It, it was a move. It was a move up for for our boy Joey, but I still think it's not a big enough move. So you, you still like we would we would pick Burns, but being realistic, you think that Harris well, is still if, going if, to be the guy. If they're purely going off his numbers, then yeah, Harris has had a bit of a better shot. But it's still at the end of the day that's. I think it's going to be the answer for most of these. Is it's just going to come down to that trial, to that trial game, to that to that Australia A game. Um, and so we're at middle order. So we got realistically Travis Head. Um, I I still don't think Kawaj has done enough to warrant selection. So I'd still have him as the outsider. Um, so Travis Head, Bukowski, and uh, Madison. I think Bukowski's fallen back to the pack. I'll go. I'll go. I'll go with the old racing metaphor here again. And I think yeah, like you say, Bukowski's. Um, he had an early lead, but yeah, head's kind of catching him up a little bit. But don't get me wrong, like um, young uh, Nick Maddinson's just bloody—he is tearing up the middle kind of thing. He's timing his run very well at this point. Yeah. I, I honestly uh-huh. think that I think Maddinson is the biggest mover and shaker at this one. So obviously Travis Head being the incumbent, yeah, scoring a hundred—that's got to do him good. But I think that sixty odd from Maddinson, especially batting in the middle order when he's scored most of his runs as an opener. Um, coming down and batting in the middle order. I don't know if there was any sort of tap on the shoulder for um, Victoria to maybe do that as a, you know, we're considering Madison to bat at six. Can you shuffle him into the middle? I know they were trying to do that with Finch and get Finch to open the batting um, when they were trying to pick him as into the test opener. Because I don't know if any of that's gone well, on. But, um, there's three alternatives, I, isn't there? I think he's, he's really played his way right into some serious contention. I think that could come down to who has the best game for that warm-up game. Could he, he, could, be, he could just be putting his own hand up and just being like, well, if you want to see how about at six, then here's how about at six. It could be that they that they will say, well, Maddinson had his chance at the top level. Would you, would you go so as... so is Travis Head, and they're like, oh, maybe we just want to see how Will Pukowski goes. He hasn't had his chance yet. Yeah, it'd be an interesting call. I don't yeah, mind it. I, mean, like, I like any aggression. They, they, they'd be wanting to blood people in this series, like... I think they've certainly got an eye on um, the uh, India-England um, tours coming yeah. up to have a, a settled squad because middle order has been where we've been pretty weak um, and we've you know shored that up now with Labuschagne and, and Smith. 
and you'd yeah. say that Wade, barring some catastrophic run of form, will probably be that you know linchpin in the middle order as well. Um, you know, he's only thirty-one. He's sort of that hussy, Voges sort but of role. Said that that, you you've got to admit though, Matty Wade's had a decent Shield season, but he's not he's not had the Shield season we've come to expect from him the last few years. It's definitely been solid, but he's still averaging what forty odd. You'd say yeah. So he's well, what three fifties? I think so far, nothing big. He's, um, st- he's still right up there in the averages as far he, as the Shield season. He, he's at that point in his career, at 31, with these young kids coming through, he's at that point, he knows it, that he's got to go out there and be consistently scoring runs. He's yeah. got to be getting a couple of scores every time, like every few times he, got, he goes out the bat. Um, if he gets an extended run of poor scores, that'll be the end of Matty Wade. I've, I've got no doubt that at some point, you know, either Bukowski, Head, or Madison will probably take his place in two years' time or something like that. But I think at this point... Um, Matty Wade, I've got no doubt he'll come out and have a great summer. Like he, he'll, he'll go out there and he'll score him out in the runs in that series. Just, it's just the way he goes. He's an aggressive player and his, his technique just really suits Australian conditions. He's just gonna, he's gonna be that kind of, you know. There might be a few times where he's gonna need, gonna need to have a gritty innings, but a lot of the time he's just gonna kind of cash in on some pretty decent starts by the Australian team. I think. Mm. Yeah. So yeah. So if, um, well, my personal opinion is if we're going down to it, is Pukowski's just got his nose in front due to the fact that Cricket Australia is very high on him um, followed by Head followed by Maddinson Maddinson's Whereas I thought Maddinson was, back but he's definitely getting there I thought Maddinson was an afterthought when they picked him at, to be in the Australian A side I thought, yeah, they're not really going to go back to that world just yet but um, he keeps scoring runs he's been there before um, do you, re- I think do you reckon you'd go as that- far as to say that he orchestrated the collapse in his team as well just to kind of really show you you want, <laughs> you want to see what a number 6 really can do then, um, then yeah. I'm going to kind of get in and score a number 6 kind of innings and just bat with the tail for a bit and I, I have no idea how he'd manage to orchestrate a Sheffield Shield team collapsing inside a four Mate, if, if we want anything about uh, long form cricket in Australia it's that if you, if you ask a few guys to give their wicket away and convince them they'll give their wicket away <laughs> Don't even really need to convince them. They'll just hand it to you without even thinking. All right, so yeah, that's our shield wrap for this for third round of shield fixtures. Um, uh, yeah, like we said, some movers and shakers. I think that the the gap for the middle order is certainly closed up. Um, Bring on Australia, eh? Marcus yes. Harris has probably still got his nose in front, despite the fact that the three of us think that it should be Joe Burns. But at least Joe Burns is coming off a pretty decent score and a shield yeah, win. He's close. So he's got to be keep close. himself in there. Um, and yes, it's plenty of young guns coming through. Um, Street, Solway, those guys scoring hundreds. Um, great to see the keep old up, war horse Chad Sayers back in the wicket. So um, keeping everything competitive. Yeah, it's, it's good to see some good batting. That's, I think that's the main thing because we always know bowling is pretty good in Australia. Like fast bowling, particularly. The next question is spin bowling, but that's that's hopefully a long way off for Gary. But um, yeah, so it's good what, to see some. some... I wouldn't want to get. Wouldn't want to let Gary get injured anytime soon. I don't know where we go. Oh, Probably John, John Holland would be the. Would be it, but uh, outside yeah, of Holland, I don't salesman. know. I got two for the other day in thirds. Yeah, you were right. You made team uh, player of the round or team of the I round. Did. I didn't even realise I got eighty until they put that up. You're all round now. Someone just said, "Oh, you got seventy odd," and then we went out to field. I'm like, "Well, add it up." <laughs> Eighty-one not out and two for seventeen. So you know you're an all rounder now. You might find yourself in the middle order, yeah, especially if we go to the I subcontinent. Look. Look, I'm, you know, I'm ready to go. Ready to go? Are you ready expecting to go. that? Like, well, we're selectors now. Is that, I don't know. Is that a conflict of uh, interest if we well, pick Glenn see, 
in the Australian side as he's part no, of the but selection I'm a selector pool. Too, Look, so I'm trying to be diplomatic about <laughs> these selections. Michael Clark used to be a selector. I'm not, I'm I'm not succeeding in my dip- diplomacy of selections, so I'm just not going to say you're not in my eleven, Glenno. Oh. Even, even if even if we lose a few spinners, you're not. You in about, what about eleven thousand? That Don Bradman <laughs> game, you're still sitting at long way off. You're in, you're yeah. in you're in twenty four twenty four million. Kind of thing. Yeah. Oh, he's probably. got to be closer than the entire population. Well, there's a few thousand. How many in of there? our population score cricket? <laughs> actually play. How many? How many balls spin? That's brutal. We'll look that up. You're a, you're a tough critic. You're a tough yeah. critic, Scott. Go on, straight down the throat of first slip. Yeah. So um, now we'll go into uh, our little excursion that we had road on trip. Sunday. Road trip. In road trip, it was indeed. How. How fun was it to watch a bit of Sydney weather? Um, <laughs> no, it was a cracking day overall. Um, just times little, were had and we jumped in. Sorry, mate. I was going to say, just for a little bit of backstory, um, New South Wales, for our international listeners, is the state where Sydney is located. Um, New South Wales is in one of the worst droughts ever recorded. Mm. Um, like we have towns in the western parts of New South Wales that are going to run out of water in the next couple of weeks. That's how bad it is. A seriously like crisis level drought. But except for the, Sydney, the second that it starts playing some cricket in Sydney, it buckets down with rain the oh, whole day. Man. If all it seems to be is that the the capital city Sydney just uh, they just whinge about the weather and everywhere else is just like well some of the way it's just the old the old catch cry well they're under some pretty serious water restrictions as well there oh it's because they've got millions of people in their city yeah. as well <laughs> needs but, to rain for two days not rain for two days and they bloody go into drought um, but yeah so yeah it's just a little bit of a humorous backstory about about that we can't even like rain dance or praying or anything like that can't get it just play a game at the SCG it'll rain so yeah the other thing was we, we missed cricket the week be- week before because it rained a, little a bit tiny little bit on, on oh, the Friday yeah well, well we'll get into the ridiculousness <laughs> of um, of uh, rain delays in a little bit but yeah so we, yeah. we jumped down and obviously got to watch a few decent overs of cricket Australia were bang on top in that game they would have rolled them for very little I'd say in that first innings yeah so we got what we got through 15 overs before we had no 12 overs before we had a first rain delay yeah then they came back and said play the 15 and then we'll have a break that was that's right yeah 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 so we got they got in about an over, I think it was 1.1 overs 2.1 I think it was 2.1 overs yeah okay got, and um, um and then that was it for the first innings and then we got into uh we got into the session break and then they came out all guns blazing. Australia were right on top in that game. Aaron Finch hit what he hit like forty runs off about thirty seven. Thirty nine, I think he got. Actually thirty nine out of forty one. Thirty nine out of forty one. Really took Muhammad Afan for it's like off a like ride. 10, 12 balls or something like that. It was 13, a crazy strike. Thirteen rate. balls. And um yeah, so it's just literally it was just a formality at that point. We were we were leading, we just needed to get to six overs. Get the six overs in and we would have been sweet. But Babara's arm looks really good. He's certainly deserving of oh, that um, number one T Twenty batsman. Has his um, footwork gotten? You better, got you like? got you guys all. You guys all. Um, you'd be in the same boat as me. Like they, you got you got favourites from other countries and stuff. And Baba Baba, however you say his name, he's he, he's my boy from Pakistan at the moment. I'm just loving him ever since. Like they touted him when when he came toured in Australia last time, and he was very young at that point. And they just said he's potentially got that same technique as Virat Kohli. Well, very on the front foot. 
over the last two years, he has a more impressive T20 record than Virat Kohli, which... He's got the highest cons- average in 2020. When you consider that it's Virat Kohli and anyone performing better than Virat Kohli at short-form cricket is, you know, that's nothing to be scoffed at. And he's yes. got him well covered. I'm pretty sure if you perform better than uh, Virat Kohli, the uh, BCCI um, just <laughs> go over him. Just kneecap you a bit and just get the old... I don't know about the BCCI, but there's probably about <laughs> half a billion Indians that'll come and do that. But yeah, he's, he's, definitely, he's definitely a personal favourite of mine and of this podcast, let's say, as well. Yeah, it looks impressive. Yeah. He's going to be one that the Australians are going to have to, to keep an eye on in the, in the test matches this summer, along with um, Azhar Ali. Um, but it's, it's really refreshing to see Australia finally taking T20 cricket seriously. Like, we've put together a pretty competitive squad. Uh, we've now... After the victory in Canberra the other night, we've now won four in a row. Would have been five if we um, didn't have the rain delay. Um, looking impressive. Uh, I still don't think it's probably the finished article. I think there's some things that we need to tweak with that lineup. But um, you know, guys like you'd like to think there's a spot somewhere for Darcy Short in our T20 World Cup squad. But well, there was a spot for him there. He was carrying the drinks on the sideline. <laughs> we would like to see him on the field. Though. So, <laughs> so was Scott Morrison, yeah, Prime Minister, <laughs> <laughs> running water to everyone except the farmers in the out. Face palm. Um, yeah, Darcy's a better water boy, but we'd much rather see him on the field. Um, Steve Smith has been a revelation as well coming in into this series he's got what he got 80 the other night again in Canberra and he got another 50 another 250s I think has he got needed to come out to bat from a, from a player that it's been touted that t is not his game he's, a, he's got two not outs out of three innings and he's averaging 126 mm. so just normal Steve just... Smith by the numbers Steve Smith batting look I'll say this and this is this is from a guy who look we, we don't as a podcast, we don't have a lot of great love for 2020s as far as it's not something that's going to keep us up to the wee hours of the, the morning like a yeah, test we're, match. Yeah, we're certainly it. not watching the T20 World Cup in England. We're not staying no. up to watch that I, one. I think it... I, I watch the leagues. I think it, it lends itself... It's a form of the game that lends itself really well to the league. It's digestible. That's the way yeah. you put it. Yeah, so the Big Bash, the IPL... The, yeah, when, the, when you put it in a bit of context where it's like, oh, they tournament. have to win this in order to do this and... Yeah, yeah those bilateral series are the ones that you sort of just seem a bit... Yeah, because yeah. It's, it's, it's a short also, form of the game and like sometimes a team does get lucky when you're only playing 20 overs. But it, when you're in a league... You know that they these guys have still performed over a long period yeah. of time, even and, though they're playing a short game. And the leagues tend to take less time as well, because it's only yeah. like a three-hour game generally, kind of thing for the leagues. Like especially when like the BBL over here, it's just you know you got you got to be you got to finish the game before the kids go to bed, kind of thing. So it's like you can't you can't be dragging them out. The internationals can take a bit longer, I think, because they tend to take a bit more time, kind of figuring out how they're going to bowl, and they're allowed to. But yeah, those ones are a bit different. But just what, like before, I, before I lose the thought is, um, yeah, we, like we, we're not we're not massive fans of the twenty twenty format. Like it's not it's it's our third favorite format, I'd say, absolutely of the three. But um, I was just gonna say that St- that Steve Smith's batting that well in that format that it's actually made me reconsider Steve Smith not just being a Test player, just out and out. Like I, you know, I I'm, I'm allow I'll allow him. Like I've I've been advocating for a while, just just score hundreds in in Test level, mate. Don't worry about all these other. Just let him back. Ideas of, but no, just let him go. Just let him back. He's going well. Um, so it's I not think ruining that, his I think the big concern with Smith, well, I think it's the attitude from Australians in general. We, we treated T20 cricket like a joke for so long, while you know 
Pakistan and India and England and all these guys were developing, you know, coaching strategies and game plans and all these things to really like drag every ounce of effort. We had Warney running in off twelve steps pretending to be Merv Hughes and Yeah. um, Remember when Hamish Marshall had that big afro? Yeah. That was funny. Like we just treated it as a bit of a party game for so long. (laughs) I think we're behind the eight ball and I think we're really We've, we haven't spent the time to develop the way that we want to play 2020 cricket. We've just sort of got like a, a half idea in our head. So we've tried having Finch and Warner and Short and Lynn, all guys that are just really big hitters of the ball up front. And um, especially with Lynn, I'm not sold on Lynn's <laughs> game around the... Like, I mean, he cashes in on those, on these, these tournaments that they play, like the BBL and the IPL, where the standard of bowling probably isn't quite as high, but I really have doubts on Lynn's ability to be effective on the offside. And it's come out to show, and more often than not, when he plays one day as in T20s for Australia, is they really take his scoring runs away from him. Um, so we've gone away from that, we've tried something else, we've tried something else, and I just I really like the way Smith has looked there. Yes, he doesn't have the hitting, the pure hitting power of your Darcy Shorts, your Dave Warners, your Aaron Finches, but he's just got a knack of being able to get the ball where he needs to get it to score runs you don't have to hit it very hard to hit it for four he's just like did uh, he did his shot through um just backward of point that was just incredible to watch so he's, he's becoming like 360 smith yeah smith 360 smith three yeah that sounds better he's realized he's kind of in at that level of cricket his powers not what not where it needs to be for that level but he's just, he's, not gonna, he's a real thinker of, of 2020s but you know we've seen it for a long time when he was playing for the sixes he was doing shots that were just you know he he'd just find ways to get to the boundary just get it in that gap he's and, not going to bludgeon sixes like he's not going to go for you know four sixes in and over or end up scoring 80 runs where you know eight or nine of them were clear in the boundaries but he's just got a way of getting into the gaps getting those twos keeping the strike ticked over and he'll get a ball that he'll ramp or he'll just flick behind the the keeper past third man or he'll hit inside out through cover I think he's almost a must pick for the World Cup you you hit most overs if you consistently hit eight or nine and you can do it every over you're going to win most games especially considering you're going to get a few of those overs where you've got a a Finch or a Short or a Marcus Stoinis or a Glenn Maxwell that's just going to lace into a bowler and go at a strike rate of over 200 Hmm. Um, you've got those power plays waiting at the end where you can just go catch a lady you know you've you've got if you've got Glenn Maxwell coming at the right time then you know or you know those lower order players then yeah, it's it's definitely cash in time if you if you can time your innings the right way, and that's what Australia seems to be doing at the moment. And that's that's the big thing as well. Is it, it seems to be reliant on it, it was the same kind of build up, very similar in these games to how the build up to the World Cup was. In that Finch and Warner have been scoring a lot of runs at the top. You just want to see you want to see like the, the worst part about that was when the one time they didn't score runs, we fell in a heap. Was that English game? And it's just we need you need to see that lower lower to middle order middle to lower order stability kind of thing. We just and I think we've got that honestly. Like you know, like it's it's I still would have him in there, but you've got to think that Darcy Short's getting left out of that team kind of thing. So mm. there's definitely um you know there's 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 quality there. There's, there's, there's a different lot of com- there's different combinations that we can take in, but I think they're structuring right. I think Smith at three being just that guy that. Gets it around the park. And he does it at a respectable run rate. I mean, he hit 80 off, what, 50, 60 balls. So that's nothing to 
turn your nose up at at T20 level, so long as he's controlling the innings, especially in a run chase, if he's controlling the innings. If you if you need to go out and slog it, Smith will go out and slog it, and he holds out in the deep, he holds out in the deep, and then you get one of your next sloggers in. But you've got two pretty handy guys there as well, because that seems to be the staying role, is that three. So you've got two pretty handy guys waiting in the wings there as well, in um, Usman and um, Sean Marsh, who can do the same kind of role. Like They do it more in, in ODIs, and it'll be interesting to see how they translate that to 2020. I don't think we're going to see any danger of seeing Marsh or Kawaja but playing that role in a T20. Usman's a pretty decent bat. In the BBL, he's, he's got a really good average. He, he's got to open up, though, for the one. He plays that role as an opener. Like, if Usman, Kawaja, if you get the you know Warner and Finch come out and bat for the power play, and you're coming in at over number seven... It's too late for Kawaja. Kawaja... Yeah, that's when you that's when you got to start looking into dropping guys down. You can't really yeah. do that with, with so the shorter form. Same thing, same thing. We had the argument during the World Cup. The one-day World Cup is Kawaja only batted... Was only in that side to bat at three because he couldn't bat feasibly any lower and still be effective. And I think that's the mistake you're going to run into if you're going to use Kawaja in that role for Smith. Is Kawaja need... In short-form cricket, Kawaja needs to open because he takes too long to get yeah. started. Once he gets started... He's got all the shots. And then you've got to think about him in the field as well. Mm, especially like, for the T20s. Like in T20s, yeah, it's so vital that you, you have to take into consideration. You want 11 guys who are guns in the field as well. Yeah, yeah. I can't, I can't see Kawaja forcing his way into that. I'm not saying forcing himself, but there's, there's, a bit of, there's a bit of depth there in that one role because I think that's what you, need. you need to balance a team like that. And that's what I think Australia's learning right now is that you need to kind of have a bit of toing and froing about your team and um, you can't just have pure aggression in 2020 and that's yeah, they, they tried to toy with for a long time yeah they're actually you know th- there's room for still a guy who can just go run a ball for a little while or you know eight runs and over for a little while kind of thing and he doesn't need you don't need to hit 12 runs and over from the start which is what we tried to focus on for a very long time there and then we'd end up scoring hundreds kind of thing um, bowling wise I was really impressed with Ashton Agar um doesn't do a lot with the ball, but just manages... He's got really good control, manages the ball, like, tight line, making the batsman hit to where... Like, he bowls to his field well. Um, Zamper, I thought, was awful in that first game that we, we went down to watch, but in the second game, he's, he pegged it back and was really a lot more effective. Um, our death bowling needs some work. We really had Pakistan painted into a corner for that second match that, on Canberra. Um... We did a really good job in, in, in Sydney controlling the um, the run rate towards the end of the game, but we really let them off the hook. They probably got 30 runs more than they probably should have. Um, Kane Richardson went for quite a few in his last over. So I, think I, I feel like some... those guys always do. I, I don't understand why they pick guys like um, Ty and Richardson. They Can, always Kane Richardson, I can understand him a lot more because he's... He's going really well in the shorter form of that game, and that's what like when you're talking 2020s, you just got to judge him off how he's bowling. He was in the team of the tournament the of the last big bash. Kane, like Kane Richardson's, he's got. Um, but he's taken wickets. He's got form he's under him to, to come back to say that he's there. I think it was it's more of an aberration than, but I think it's just also you know Richardson needs to be. Uh, I, I suppose this time it was just that the batsman picking what Richardson was going to do with the ball, and before Richardson knew what he was going to do with the ball. So they were ready for all of his change-up sort of thing. So we just need to be What do you reckon proactive. about Monica though as well? Monica just seems to be a place. Oh, Monica was an absolute road. Like, um, like, Pakistan scored 150 and they were probably 30 runs shy of par for that yeah. game. Like, they yeah. really needed to... We, we started off really strong against them. Um, Baba Razam again had another really good innings. I think he scored 50 before running himself out, unfortunately. So two fifties in a row, really showing that number one batsman in the world. Wow. Tag. 
you know, it's, it is hard to, for it to get an elephant between the wickets. Yeah. It might. I feel I feel we should clarify that comment before we get some angry letters. I just don't think it's no, no, um, no. Yeah, yeah. He's beloved children's character Babar. We are drawing the comparison between him and because they have similar names. No one is going to know that, and that's why I like it. (laughs) But this is my exact my sense of humour making references but, to things that people cannot possibly know about man, man, all, all I'll say you is, find it funny and you're happy with that I don't know exactly all I'll say is, is he's in my he's in my world test 11 now it's going out into the world test 11 or OD, uh, T2011 no, he's, he's in there and that cartoon showed that he is a good potential future leader as well well he ends up becoming king so you know, yeah. I'm not touching it mate you're not, you're not suckering me in you started it. <laughs> uh, all right. So, um, one thing I also wanted to speak about, um, which I'm sure I'm not going to have too many disagreements with in regards to T20 cricket, and this is well, short form cricket, cricket worldwide. Um, Full stop. Is just how common sense just seems to vanish from our officials when we really need it. How many times have we played a game where, you know, we're losing time for some arbitrary reason? Like, we've already lost time to rain or things like that. And there just seems to be a really simple workaround to turn the lights on or something. And they just they just don't do it. In this particular game, the game that we went to see, um, we just needed five overs to make a game. Um, so they reduced the overs for the Pakistani innings. They only got 15. And then they had a 20-minute break between innings. The um, match official has the discretion to reju- have to have a a break anywhere between ten and twenty minutes, and he can reduce that. Now Pakistan didn't need a, a, a twenty minute break; they were batting, no so one their a players break. didn't need rest. They had the whole rain break to rest and prepare, and you know there's plenty of facilities at the ground that they can go and warm up. Um, they, they don't even have even... showers now. There, I heard. Um, Australia would have <laughs> give, given the option. Australia wouldn't have required. <laughs> 20 minute changeover why did we have to wait 20 minutes to get on the field only to then to fall short by 11 balls from having a result like it's just things like that that just boggle the mind sometimes it's ridiculous mm. yeah well I mean we, we went down for the test last year the New Year's uh, uh, against India and it just seems like the process is so slow they could they could streamline it, you know, like the umpires go out and inspect and then they decide that, okay, play will be good and then the rope drags around and it just seems like there's so many things and, and why can't they be just like well, that's, dragging that rope that's around the say, outfield? The, the good thing about about that 2020 was the, the, the tractor was running around the, the rope was running around the whole time like it, it they, yeah, were, they yeah, were genuinely the, trying to get a game the groundskeeper the groundsman at all grounds especially in Australia and, and even England like they're obviously they're used to having a lot of rain around so um, they're quite adept at their jobs 100% did a fantastic job to get to that and any play available it's just just things like that like we've got like I can tell you what the weather's coming on my phone let alone all of the complicated um weather monitoring equipment that would be available to them. Yeah. They would have seen there's another band of rain coming. Why would they why would they have entertained the idea of having a twenty minute break in a reduced game? Like that's just 
doesn't make any sense to me. It's just... It just, yeah, just beggars belief. And it, it's it, across the world we do that, where we've just got things, like in Test Cricket, where cloud cover comes over but there's no rain, but it gets too dark. And rather than having the lights on, where we already have day-night cricket and we play that and teams are perfectly happy to keep playing, they'll bring people off the light. And I know that has to do with the fact that the red ball's harder to see under lights and it's not the same conditions and they want to keep things the same. But at the end of the day... You've got to be out there playing cricket, and there just seems to be way too many times where we're just cutting off our noses to spite our face for the sake of some arbitrary rule where we could realistically be playing cricket. Like, especially considering the fact that, you know, we're trying to make money, we're trying to make this. Like, cricket can be a fairly difficult sport to get people to come to because, with the exception of 2020, if you're going to a one dayer, that's your whole day is gone from 11, basically, what, 11 o'clock in the morning till 10 o'clock at night you're watching the cricket. Test cricket is a full day thing. And if you're paying good money to go to a full day and then for some arbitrary reason you don't get that, it just leaves a bit of taste in your mouth. And it well, just... I'm pretty sure we were we were a bit um, annoyed about the, the test as well. They didn't get much play that day. I think, what, 20, 25 overs did they play or did they get 40? No, uh, it, was about the, it was about 25 overs. But like... The whole, it has to be completely stopped raining until they even consider going on. Like, like just... And the, the, the rain, when they went off the first time, the mm. rain wasn't realistically that heavy. Mm. And then it just sort of... Dissolved. It, and then it, they, it, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It, it was at a point where it was kind of heavy, you'd think about it. And as they went off, it eased up to a level that they were happy playing at. 10 minutes ago but because yeah. they went off for rain and then it rained to a le- they were raining at a level they would have been happy playing with but hadn't stopped they couldn't go back on so yeah, it's just I think we just need to look at, at that kind of thing especially like you say when you can see whether it's going to clean up uh, whether whether it's going to clean up a uh, clear up is what I'm trying to say clean up um, yeah so if you can see that it's raining lightly just don't have that rule where it's oh you know it's it's raining lightly so we can't go back on. Just have complete should, umpires discretion. You should be getting yourself especially into, especially you in short form cricket. You like, should be getting yourself into a position where especially like you say in short form cricket, but even in Test cricket, you're losing enough players. It is you're gonna like you're gonna lose like half an hour of rain's gonna buggy your bloody you know he's gonna start eating into your day anyway. So all these you should be in a position where you're out there warming up as it's going on like. My, my god you know they're already going to be wearing heavy spikes like they're not worried about safety of the guys the guys are going to be pretty sure on their feet as it is just go out there start warming up get ready for as yeah. soon as when the rain breaks because yeah, they know pretty that's well an, that's the grounds keep they don't like, even let them warm to, up to the point where you know at the at the Gabba at, at the Gabba I'm pretty sure it was or the MCG or something like that I remember a few years ago where probably you know I can't remember the game specifically but I remember the groundskeeper at the time was literally dragging the guys off the field because he knew a massive storm was on the way like these guys know when weather's coming they know when weather's stopping just get to the point where you guys are warming up and get on the field and start playing the game as soon as you possibly can but that's also Let's infuriating too you're 100% right like they don't even let the teams go out to the field to warm up until they've cleared I know that's difficult because there's equipment going around but it's like, what, no, you now can go and warm up and then we'll have a 15-minute warm-up. It's like, well, if you let them out there for when the rain stops to go and warm up, you could basically go, yeah, we're cool now. Are you guys cool? All right, we'll start in five. Yeah. And then go. Like, there's just... I, I can I can understand there being a little bit of, you know, 
Well, you got a bit, a bit more, a bit more circumstance for Test cricket because there's five days. There's more time to make it up. You've got the ability the next day to play longer or play earlier, what have you. But I think in a game where you've got to try, if people are coming to see a result, a game result in one day, you owe it to those fans to try and get a result and do everything that you can within the rules to get a result. And then that's just, it just seems way too often. Doesn't matter if it's international or domestic cricket, we just seem to just just cling on to the one rule that is really arbitrary that stops us doing that for way too long. And while we're touching on it as well, can we also mention the fact that the ticketing companies as well, these places, they do not offer a refund when it's like something ridiculous low. Even for even for like the longer forms of the game where you're seeing a lot of cricket. It's ridiculously low for how the amount of balls you get to see. I believe it's a refund if the full day is washed out. Yeah, for 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 a test. No, there is a minimum amount of overs. Yeah, I've heard like especially for the shorter forms, I've heard there is a minimum number of overs. But because it was um, one of the BBL games, I think it was mentioned was the last time I saw it. But I can't remember what it is. But either way, it's just. If, if you really want these guys to get behind the idea as well, well, how about you just, like, the Australian Cricket Board or the ICC or whatever mandate that it just needs to be, you know, in order for you guys to get a... to have counted as a ticket sale, it needs to have been at least an innings played. Yeah, well, what, don't worry about that. Just, like, if it's a short-form game, if a game hasn't been played, then refunds. If, if the IC... If Cricket Australia is coming... Don't out get and a said, result, yeah, No, if, yes, for that one. So, if we haven't had enough overs for this to count as a game... Everyone gets their money back. Yeah. It's as simple as that. Like, if, if it's not good enough to be a result, an official result, then why should we have to pay for a game that isn't an official result? Well, I'll tell you so what. So you think that that will, that will help them in the long term as well? Like, that people will go, well... Well, I th- well you'd have to imagine that... through the gate? You'd like have to imagine that there'd be something in there that, like, those ticketing companies would be then charging... You know, Cricket Australia more because they've got to make their money back in case they lose a game later on. So then Cricket Australia is going to have to, they've got to balance that act between well, the ticketing providing company, cheap tickets, but also, you know. The ticketing companies would lose out in that circumstance, but the grounds won't lose out because, like, like I say, we're sitting there at the ground and I'll, you, you know, you're going up to get drinks and there was no one in line. It was literally, they were just waiting on their hands until the rain hit and suddenly everyone's getting <laughs> drinks and everyone's getting food and they're just sitting around, you know. Like the, the bloody vendors loved it. Like that, they weren't losing it at all. The, the pubs around the place weren't were loving it as well, but it's just the ticketing companies and the ticketing companies. If they actually realise they can actually stand to make a loss, then maybe they'll put a bit of pressure on these guys to actually sharpen up their rules a bit yeah. and actually sort it out. Mm. To the end of the day, like like you say, we we needed we needed eleven balls left in that game, and we would have got a result. And you would have bowled eleven balls in ten minutes for sure. Oh yeah, that was for shit. sure. So like, um, so yeah, it would cost Australia possibly their, you know. Fifth consecutive T Twenty wins. So, but yeah, not and just it cost just, the game of cricket. It, it did. It cost yeah. the game of cricket. It, that that's one that should have resulted. It should have resulted that game. But all in all, mate, I had a cracking day that day. I'm just going to say that it was a very good it was. trip. It was a good, a good day. Had a good time. Got to hang out with some good mates. Missed you, Glenno, but you were there in spirit, like I say. I know. Mate. I was. You know. Yeah. I, I just stayed here. <laughs> no, I had a gig. <laughs> I went on a musical journey. (laughs) And I'm sure the music was amazing. (laughs) Alright guys, I think that's us for another week. Unless anyone else has got any last minute tidbits they want to throw in there. Um, Should 
we mentioned something about possibly throwing in a in the old the old uh, BBL fantasy team line up pretty soon. Oh yeah, uh, you and me have both started drafting teams. Maybe yeah, gonna... BBL Super Coach. Anyone's interested in that? We're um, we're involved. Scott and I are going to be involved in it. Um... Trying to get Glenn involved. Throw a bit of pressure his way on Facebook if you want to. Yeah, for those of you interested in fantasy sports, it's great fun. Um, it'll uh, certainly make you interested in just about every game that's played. Everything that's everyone's you know you've got players from certain games. You know you guys know how fantasy sports work. It's yeah. great. You got money, you pick a particular player, so you've got to score points in that game. Um, we'll, we'll throw a league code up very, pretty soon on, our, on our socials. And yeah. we'll, um, what get me on board when there's a Shield Fantasy League. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. The Shield Fantasy? The Shield Fantasy. Mate, we'd be all over I'll, it. I love it. Love it. We'll just make... We'll make do with what we've got for now, though. <laughs> yeah, all right. So, yeah, for those of you that are listening um, who are interested in playing Fantasy Big Bash Cricket, we'll um, throw up a league code that you can all join. Um, just need to go to supercoach.com.au and join the BBL Supercoach. Um, it's completely free. Um, doesn't take that long to set up. Um, and all the games run during the, the Big Bash season. Um, you know, any of you guys who play the NRL Supercoach playing in Australia, it works similar to that. You've probably played the best. Yeah, let's play the rest. <laughs> <laughs> um and uh, just before we do leave, I just want to throw a shout out to, to Glenn Maxwell, who's um, taken some time, indefinite time away from the game to sort out his uh, mental health. So I'm um, hoping for for speedy re- recovery, Glenn. We um, know what a what a massive impact mental health can have um, on your day to day life. Um, not not only because you're such a valued member of the Australian cricket team, but um, it just to get yourself right. So from all of us here at Two Slips in the Gully, hoping that you. Um, Find what you need to find to get yourself back on your feet, and we hope to see you out in the middle Mate, sometime he's, soon. He's, he will be missed, that guy. For like, just it's it's hard to imagine, especially in the short forms, just the summer without Glenn Maxwell, just clearing the boundary and making amazing stops in the field. Like he's he, kind of a guy we take it for granted a lot. You know, you, you, a lot of criticism going his way about his technique, but the guy is probably one of the premier for the last at least like half a decade. The premier long, uh, sorry, short form. Um, player like he's the guy that you kind of be measuring especially in Australia yeah, that, that X factor tag has been putting on him quite a few times and probably robbed of a lot longer test career so get better well get get a lot better mate and hopefully uh, we'll see you out there pretty soon see you in the uh, green and gold and black hopefully in time for the World Cup and, and I guess dark green as well but we don't really like the stars that much, so. Though he he would make an impressive part of our fantasy team, so if he does get himself yeah. back right for that, then second guy picked after Darcy. <laughs> but in all serious, hope you're um hope you're back on your feet sometime soon, Glenn, and um all the best. Over. Sports Social Podcast Network.